Yep, yep, got it. Yep, yep, got it. We're live, Carl. Whiteboard Weekly is back for another deep dive into one of Carl's amazing drawings over at Whiteboard Daily on Instagram. The drawings are getting better and better for those of you that obviously follow the podcast, which means you probably follow the Instagram feed. We hope you enjoyed those three what would you call them? Um, formulas, equations. Formulas, yeah, it was really cool yeah. to see some themes coming out and we have some other cool themes hitting you in the near future, which I'm, I'm really excited about. Yeah, I'm really excited about it too. Um, I'll tell you what, you can always tell that, you can tell like the honest opinion from other people, um, especially from your mom. And my mom even said, she's like, your drawings look so much better. And I, I, uh, I love it since, you know, photoshopped a lot of stuff, but also just using the iPad. Um, but also, man, I just can't get away from using the, the old fashioned whiteboard, like a lot of coaches out there too. It's just, uh, I guess it's, it's like just reverting back to a handwritten letter rather than a text or something like that. I just love it. But it's, I, I would equate it to churning butter versus going to the <laughs> store and just buying some carry gold right now, Carl. I mean, <laughs> you got to join, you know, the 21st century. <laughs> Hey, it, well, until they start having, uh, you know, be, you know, they don't say beyond the iPad, they say beyond the whiteboard. And until CrossFit classes start joining at an iPad, I think the, the whiteboard's going to stick around for a while. I, I would agree with you there at the, at the box I coach at, there's TV monitor where the, where the yeah. workouts pulled up, but we still have a whiteboard where the workouts written and it's always gather around the whiteboard. Yep. But the scores are in the, Wad of fire in this system where back yeah. in the day every class hey carl what'd you get johnny what'd you get yeah. you know writing it down on the whiteboard so well I'll hey, give you that. also before we move on to that let me let's not get away too much from the the coaching aspect of that because i've been i've been to a few different gyms where uh you would write your own name and your own score up on the board and i'd also been and I, this is how i coach and how the other gyms i've been to coach where you write the person's name down along with their score on the board. And the reason why I think that's important is because that's like another name recognition or uh, it's, it's a personal touch. Like coaches, you gotta be uh, personal personal with, with your clients. You got to interact with them. Uh, ben Bergeron says they're, they're, each of their athletes hears their name at, at no, no more or no less than three times each class. It's names are important. There's, there's a lot of power in the name. So don't forget that. I agree. I think, you know, we've spoken about it a little bit on the show, but you should be using your member's name within every evolution of class. And I would yeah. say that's the whiteboard brief, the warm up, the workout, yeah. and probably the cool down slash goodbye. So four times they need to at least be hearing their name, yeah, but a lot of power in the name. Let's uh, let's take a deep dive. You want to talk about what, what cue we're looking at today? Yeah, absolutely. This is one of my favorite ones. I'm glad that you suggested it today. I know this, this was a big, there's a lot of pressure on me today to do that. <laughs> this is one that, oh geez, this is probably one of the first cues that I ever remember hearing uh, and it really stuck with me. Um, to me, I would consider this a, uh, a CrossFit cue. This probably pops up a lot of times in uh, the L1s uh, whenever new people are learning how to coach uh, this action, um, but let's get into it. It's called crush the can. And this is a, a cue that you would use whenever you are um, talking about abdominal recruitment. I'm going to read through the caption right now. 
And uh, the last time this was posted was this year on November 3rd. So earlier this month, if you want to dig it up, and I'm sure we probably we might repost it. Was this a whiteboard drawing or an iPad drawing? No, this was a uh, this was a whiteboard drawing. Yep. It can't. I mean, the quality is top notch. I think the only place I can really tell is your lettering up top. Yeah, true. Uh, the tough part for me as an artist uh, is learning how to work with a new medium. Like I'm so used to uh, obviously whiteboard markers and I've gotten to the point where I can make it look the way I want to with a whiteboard marker, but you know, with the iPad and I'm using Procreate a lot now, I'm still trying to find the exact brush. There's so many different brushes you can use and uh, I'm still trying to figure out how, because also with like with the pressure that you use on the screen and um, you know, you can adjust how wide it is or how the opacity or all that stuff. So anyway, um, yeah, man, I'm learning. So we'll get into it crush the can. Uh, when would you use this? Well, abdominal recruitment for movements where hyperextension of the T-spine or thoracic spine is a common error. Uh, this includes hollow, the hollow body position and also pressing overhead. Uh, so you think about all the times that you use the hollow position in gymnastics, and we're talking about uh, a plank position or hanging from the rig uh, or muscle ups or rings or um, e even, you know what, uh, Drew Zaro, one of my good buddies, he even demonstrated that you even kind of hit a hollow position when you are at the top of the ski erg. Uh, do you know what I'm talking about, Jay? Yeah, I mean, really in almost every movement, there's a place you want to hit the hollow position. Yeah, um, and I think also, it's really interesting too because we talk about your body shapes and how a hollow the hollow body and the tight arch position are for when your body is unloaded when your body is the load itself you know what i'm saying like gymnastics movements those that's when you want to use those but neutral spine um when you are under load whether it's a barbell or a kettlebell or a med ball or whatever that's when we want to have that neutral spine and there's small deviations here and there that's fine um, because your your torso, your your spine is made to move. Um, but when we're talking about hollow body position, we're typically talking about um, the abdominal recruitment. We're talking about gymnastics movements. But anyway, th this cue also applies to both. So we'll get we'll get further into it here. Uh, what does this mean? Suggest your athlete to imagine between their hips and their rib cage, basically their gut, their belly, and that they need to crush the can. <clears throat> engaging the abdominals turns on the trifecta of guts, butts, and quads. I love that checklist, guts, butts, and quads. And that creates a strong column of support. And then I go into, be sure to check out um, that Patreon membership. So anyway, guts, butts, and quads. I love, I like the kind of, it's not really alliteration, but it, it's short and it's specific and it's actionable. Guts, butts, and quads, hit it, turn it on. And uh, you'll be surprised how that column of support turns on there. So Jay, I'm sure you've used this cue quite a few times before. Yeah, I like to say quads, butts, guts, for whatever reason, okay. that's the order I say it, The probably the order I first heard it. And then another one I like to say is uh, BBQ. Uh, butts, what do I say, BBQ? Booty, uh, booty belly. belly. Belly, booty, quads. Yeah, I can dig that barbecue. Ooh, yeah. man. Are you writing down the show notes? All uh, right, I got the barbecue written down. Yeah, barbecue, um, that's perfect, I love that. So yeah, definitely that reminder there. And 
the cool thing about, well, first of all, are we sponsored by Zevia or what? No, this was a reach out to Zevia. Just um, the very first time I drew this up, this is actually a redraw. The very first time I was like, man, wouldn't it be cool if LaCroix, I always drink, I still drink LaCroix a lot. I got a refrigerator full of it. Um, but man, wouldn't it be cool if LaCroix like reached out and said, oh, yay, great job. We want to make you an ambassador or something like that. So I was like, you never know unless you ask. And so I decided to put LaCroix as the can. And then this time around, I was like, man, Zevia, that'd be pretty cool. Because I didn't hear anything from LaCroix. So I figured I'd reach out to Zevia. And so I, I, I gave them a little exposure. I think if you reach out to like a Fit8 or a Kill Cliff, they might hit you back. Yeah, I bet you Kill Cliff. We'll do Kill Cliff next time I draw this up. All right. Or, or even Fit8 too. Yeah, the, both of those. So, you know, so what I, what I really like about some of the best drawings you do is that the cube can represent so many more movements than the drawing itself. Yeah. Yeah. I try to, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like it's great for specificity with like, it's, you know, if you're doing a rowing cue or, or a, a weightlifting cue, but man, when you can find something that's as valuable that reaches across many different movements, um, that's going to be something that's going to be, you should keep that tool pretty sharp in your toolbox there. So with this idea of crush the can, I really like what you said earlier about that hollow position, because that's what I tell people, especially when we talk about the press. The press at level one seminars is, it's challenging. It's, it, it's not that complicated of a movement, but the truth is it can be complicated and you can really dive into the nuances of it. And one of those things is that finished position where the bars overhead, we want to see active shoulders, we want to see the quads, butts, guts. And the reason it's so important is because at some point that press is going to be your push press, which is going to be your push jerk. And we know we're going to have more and more load overhead. Now, one thing that I remind the people of is this is your hollow position. Yeah, it transfers across all, all other aspects. It's so nice when uh, you realize that uh, that's, uh, the turning on certain muscle groups applies to uh, not just one thing that you do. And especially with this, you know, um, I hear, I've seen like a visual demonstration, I believe it's like Kelly Sarret, um, maybe use like a, a tight t-shirt around your belly and you can like kind of pin it down, if you know what I'm saying, like pin down like where your belly button is and pin down where um, your, oh gosh, your, I'm blanking right now, your breastbone, what's that? What's that called? Your, Come on, I know that. Your breastbone. Right there, right there, the notches where you do CPR. Your your uh, sternum. Sternum. Thank you. Okay. I was say, yeah, I kept on thinking like sacrament. <laughs> anyway, your sternum to your belly button, and as you uh, as you flex your T spine, your thoracic area, you can kind of feel that um, that uh, T shirt bunch up there or get tight. And the same thing applies to um, to crush the can. You know, you want to. Um, keep that area, you want to actually kind of lose um, the, the slack in your shirt there, make sure that it's engaged. Um, so anyway, and we see this a lot too, not just obviously in the push press, but also um, when we have athletes who are doing the plank um, and you start to see that kind of saggy bottom there. And also a term that kind of goes along with this is like tuck the butt. Um, when you are you're talking about the orientation of the pelvis and if you tuck the butt, same thing applies. You are turning on the guts, butts and quads and you're making that, um, that core uh, engaged. And no longer are you looking at, uh, the, also the other cue that is a very popular in CrossFit Kids is a wet, uh, was a, a cooked spaghetti versus uncooked spaghetti. Well, I like that. 
Yeah, right. So like cooked spaghetti is obviously a loose noodle and then uh, uncooked spaghetti is a straight line. So we want to have those straight lines there. So yeah, man, guts, butts, and quads, crush that can. So again, this is one cue to accomplish this task of, of basically midline stabilization, keeping that, keeping that belly tight, uh, turning on the core, like you said. What are some other cues you like to use for this? I have a few in mind, but, but what do you typically say? Yeah, so there's a few that I think about um, whenever I'm talking about, especially the press. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll think about a specific cue the more we talk, but man, I, one thing that I think a lot of people do is that they forget to activate like the rest of their body. And what I mean by that is they, they just think about like the shoulder press is like a shoulder movement. So it's, they think it's all in the shoulders and they forget about turning on that strong column of support. So really flexing the guts, butts and quads and also squeezing the bar uh, are two uh, that I think about. Um, I'm trying to think of a, a specific cue for pressing, uh, you know, tuck the head or tuck the chin, straight line to the roof. Uh, give me, give me one. What are you thinking of? You know, when I tell people that I'm trying to get them to, to pull those ribs down or like you said, engage their core, I usually say something like, I'm going to punch you in the stomach. Yeah, right. Yep. So abs, you know, yeah. they get, they, they brace their abs or, or I tell them, Hey, I want you to flex your abs like you do in the mirror. Mm -hmm. And they, you know, we all, we all do that. So they, so they understand that, but, but the old, I'm going to punch you in the belly typically works pretty well. Everybody just naturally braces. Yeah. And along with that too, if we want to talk about tactile cues and uh, if you have your athlete and usually, you know, obviously we don't want to, we want to get around the, um, you know, invading personal space, but if you kind of like take a, a fingers, your, your palm and kind of jab into their belly, they're going to brace up there, or you can just have them tap their own belly. I think that's probably more common um, and probably more safe in these day and age, but just have them tap their own belly. I believe actually I've seen that uh, and a lot of like CrossFit journal uh, videos when they're talking about uh, turning on the guts, butts, and quads, that strong column of support, but just smacking their belly. And you can feel when it's a tactile uh, feedback there when they, you know, it's obvious when your abs are turned on, when they're turned off. And so many times we want to get in a, oh, that's another one too. This is a great one. Um, it's comfortable versus uncomfortable. Uh, you know, you think of like a comfortable, comfortable position where you just kind of slouch down, like you're on your couch or you're just like sitting there. And um, a lot of times people will get in, slip into that comfortable position with the barbell where it's just kind of like, and I've drawn this up too a couple of times before, um, not only with like the barbell in the front rack where they're kind of slouched and the pelvis kind of tilts and they lose engagement through the core um, versus being uncomfortable. And what I mean by uncomfortable is like, you're like, you're working for that position. You're not going to spend all day in that position because it takes effort. And what I mean by that is uh, in order to be uncomfortable, you have to engage through the core. Uh, same thing. We see the same thing with the deadlift too, where there's like a slouchy kind of like, okay, here we go. Like Eeyore approaching the deadlift bar. And you're kind of like the there's no activation through the core. Um, their back is rounded and just visually, you can tell that they're not ready to lift the bar as opposed to addressing the bar two steps um, and, and brace that core and then um, bow forward and, um, and, and get ready to engage. Uh, have you heard that one before? Uh, comfortable versus uncomfortable? Yeah, I don't know that I've heard it quite that way, but I like to use that for people finding the bottom of their squat. It's really no different. Yeah. If you see people just plummet and relax into the bottom of their squat 
and, and they're not being tight, they're not uncomfortable, they're gonna round their back, they're gonna tuck their butt underneath, you know, you're gonna see that butt wink, et cetera, versus, all right, get uncomfortable, get tight. Yeah. You know, that's really what we're saying, create tension. Yep, exactly. That's what we're looking for there. And, you know, going back to that tactile cue that you use, if, I, I've seen Boz actually have people do that themselves. Like, hey, tap your belly, tap your lower back, tap your belly, you know, and he's basically giving, they're giving themselves these tactile cues and, you know, great way to do that this day and age where it's, you know, we're avoiding touching people or you can even use PVC yeah. for that. Yeah, sure. Yeah. 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 Um, and again, too, I want people to go back to, uh, if you're a coach, I want you to remember all of the tools that you have at your disposal when you're in front of a class and you're trying to describe a movement. And last time we talked about uh, same message, less words. Was that last time? No, last time was um, silverback. silverback stance. But yeah, but we've talked about same message, less words. And what I want people to remember, coaches to remember is that you are likely going to have some really good movers in your class. And there's no sense in you demonstrate yeah don't get me wrong it's it's nice for you for the coach to demonstrate the movement but also there's there's no sense in you doing everything when you can actually use somebody else as an example you know here take sue over here now sue go ahead and get in that front neck position now what i want you to do when i say guts butts and quads i want you to turn that on and i want you to crush the can uh, in your belly and then you other other athletes that are her peers or whatever are going to kind of relate to her perhaps better than even watching you it's just just an opportunity, a, a learning opportunity there for you as a coach. No, I think that's really important. Sometimes in class, your athletes look at the coach as in they can do that, but I can't. Right. Yeah. You know, or I'll never be able to achieve that. Where were you pulling one of their peers? They're like, oh, I can do that. Like Sue wasn't, you know, that great. You know, and now all of a sudden she's demoing, she understands this, and and it's important. Uh, you know, the other place. Think about where else we want to see this in the deadlift. I was mm -hmm. coaching the deadlift earlier yeah. this week. And when people tell me their back hurts in the deadlift, yeah. what that usually signifies to me is they're not turning on their core. We, yeah. we think so much about chest up that oftentimes we overextend, mm -hmm. you know, we, we release the posterior chain engagement that we're striving for. And mm -hmm. I'm always telling them flex your abs. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you bring your, you know, you pull those ribs down, you crush that can, your lats engage because you pull that bar in close to your body and it's just a stronger, safer position to pull from. Mm -hmm. So this, this cue really can resonate in so many different movements or think about flipping it upside down, handstand pushups. Yeah, it's the same exact movement. Yep. You know, the, the person everybody thinks about from the game's perspective is Brooke Wells. Oh, yeah. And I actually judged her on Mary and man, she overextends and then tucks it back in. Right. Mm -hmm, because that's mm -hmm. the, standard that she needs to hit in competition well you know for for most people we don't have the capacity to do that and if we arch as much as she did you'd probably hurt your back yeah yeah it's also just stronger it's a bigger stronger foundation to push from well it's a stacked position right it's um you know you don't have this massive arch in your torso uh one thing that i was thinking about too i'm uh, going back to deadlift but many times we see you see it more in competition, I assume, um, but you see a lot of times when people finish out the deadlift and at the very top, they do this way lean back. And what happens with that is that you, uh, you leave that stacked position into this over, over arch, this overexerted arch. And uh, that's not a good place to be. And, there, and there's, no, there's no 
need for that. I mean, if we're talking about completion of a rep with your shoulders getting behind the bar at the very top with uh, hips all the way extended, there's no reason to extend further past that. And you can actually, it can be dangerous. Um, so yeah, just teaching good positions, uh, you know, you can crush the can all over the place, really. Well, and, and that's a really common mistake that people make in the deadlift. And A, what might I tell them there? Squeeze their butt. Right. If you right. squeeze your butt, you're at the top of your deadlift. You don't need to go any further. Yep. And it's wasted energy. It's like it's like squatting seven inches below parallel when all you need to do is break parallel yep. for a lift. Now, you know, Coach Bergner will say train the full range of motion because you're gonna need it. I would argue there's a time and a place mid CrossFit Metcon. I don't need to bury every rep. When I'm practicing my squats and doing a heavy day. Maybe I want to go deep to get used to there, but same with the deadlift. That additional range of motion is not only potentially dangerous, but it's also wasted time and wasted energy. Yeah, we're talking about moving with a purpose. And there's no, that, like that to me, that's one of the biggest things with CrossFit is uh, movement efficiency. And, you know, we want to get the most work done in the least amount of time. Uh, uh, the we want to have increased capacity across broad time and modal domains uh, there's no space for wasted movement uh, you, i also think about chuck carswell again okay i don't think we've had an episode where we haven't mentioned chuck, chuck carswell uh, but he talks about um, areas uh, identifying areas of movement inefficiency and he draws like a, a T, right? An inverted T with the, the line at the bottom going across and, and the line straight up from the middle. And then if you think about a movement pattern, kind of making a big S going back and forth, and, and we want to bring those two sides of the S as close to the middle line as possible. So we start to identify the furthest areas out and how we can kind of minimize the point that we're traveling from point A to point B. If we do that, then we're going to increase our work capacity, which is what we want to do, because that's, that's a sign of fitness right there. Yeah, you know, it's, it's threshold training. We want to find that that spot in our training where we're, we need to make some mistakes. I think that's that's something some people get wrong. They, they try to, it's always frustrating to me at the box level when people try to move too perfectly. I'm like, hey, yeah. you got to make some mistakes. I need to, I need to see you in your toes once in a while. Mm -hmm. I need to see you pull early once in a while. Because if you're moving perfectly, if you're moving like an angel, you're not challenging yourself. You know, yeah. but when I get you to the point that you're making too many mistakes or you can't fix the mistakes you're making when I give you a cue, now we've gone too far. And that's what we refer to as threshold training in the CrossFit yeah. world. Yeah, intensity threshold, right? And um, I, I think we mentioned this before too with Dave Castro and the, and the, uh, this, the, the shooter, the gun with the targets. And you want to make sure that you're not just, all of your reps aren't perfectly clustered in the dead center of the bullseye. But then again, we don't want them scattered all over the entire target. We want, you know, we want a, a nice even spread there where we're getting most of them, probably about 80% of them within the target. And it's okay to miss a, a rep here and there because, you know, that means that we're pushing ourselves. And uh, recently there was a, a Dan Bailey post on Instagram talking about, um, you know, if you train anything with intensity, you're going to get uh, results and, you know, intensity is such an important part of that factor. You've got to be able, yeah, you have to push yourself. You have to have aggr aggressiveness. I, I want to do a post about this because I think about all the time whenever I'm training, like aggressiveness, people, I feel like 
a lot of times people see being aggressive as like a negative thing, but man, it's like so positive. Like you have to have an aggression when you've got weight on your back and you want, and you got to push it up or whatever you're doing. Or if you're gassed on the rower and you got to push through, there's got to be some sort of aggression. And throughout our entire day, when you, whether you're going to a job that you don't like, or you come home to some crazy kids or someone took your parking spot, or you have to wear a freaking mask when you go in the grocery store every time, whatever, like you got all this pent up, you know, things that could make you upset. Well, well, guess what? Get a barbell in your hands and you can let out some aggression. It's like one of the most healthy things to do. I think, I don't know. It's, it's therapy, right? Yeah. It's, it really is. I think, um, you know, two things that I want to touch on when we talk about that threshold, your drawing of spill the tea that we yeah, talked right. about way back when is exactly that. I use that mm -hmm. expression a lot. If you're walking around with a mug of tea, once in a while, it's okay to spill a little bit because you're pushing how fast you're going with it. Yeah. And, and I absolutely agree with what you said with Dan Bailey. I think it's what I talk to people about when they're like, I need my own programming. No, no. You, if you look at the best, whether it's Dan Bailey and I know Rich Froning is, is been known to say this time and again, it doesn't matter what their Metcons are. They, yeah. they literally to this day walk in and throw stuff on the board. Yeah. And it's a matter of how hard they go during those Metcons. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, Metcons are Metcons. It, you, yeah. you can run into trouble if there's not variance or if you're always going long because oftentimes the longer you go, the less intensity we get. That's why, you know, Pat Sherwood says, you know, live your life in couplets and triplets, you know, go long every once in a while, go heavy once a week. Yeah, and, yeah. and that's really what we're looking for. The point of the couplets and triplets is that's where we can maximize intensity. Ideally, we have complementary movements. It's the reason Fran and Diane and Helen are, are so well known for spiking intensity because thrusters to pull-ups, deadlifts to handstand push-ups, or running to swing to pull-up, there's no reason to stop. Yeah, right. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't know. I, I don't want to digress here too much. With I know. I do. That's the beauty of what we do. We <laughs> love talking about this. I, I could get into so much of what you just mentioned, but yeah, just to keep it, keep it on track here with, with crush the can. Um, we'll bring it back to the whole coaching aspect, but man, finding a coaching cue that can transcend across many different modals uh, is, is such an important aspect of um, that you can really fortify your, your coaching toolbox. So always be on the lookout for those. Uh, I'm trying to think of some others that might fall into that category. I kind of think about, you know, the importance of external rotation and many of the things that we do and, you know, screw your hands into the floor or screw your feet into the floor. Um, are there any others that you think uh, kind of are in that category of transcending across many different uh, movements? I mean, really, I think they all are. There's, there's not many movements that will have a cue that you can't use elsewhere. Yeah. You, you know what? Actually, one, it's kind of an oldie, but a goodie. I haven't, we haven't posted this in a long time. It comes from one of my good friends, Chuck Bennington. Uh, and it's, he, I, I learned it from him when, back when I took the CrossFit gymnastics course back then, before it was the gymnastics course. And uh, his cue was to stay in the, in the phone booth. And he was talking about uh, toes to bar. 
in his uh, the explanation of the cues that you don't want to be swinging all over like Tarzan um, when you're on the bar, but you want to stay within. Imagine like a tool, a, a, a phone booth is surrounding you. You've basically got a bar inside of a, you know, a decent size uh, phone booth. And you, when you go to your arch and when you um, go into your active, sorry, when you go into your hollow and then into your arch and then you bring your knees up and then tap your toes onto the bar, imagine that you're, you know, in the, it's confined space. And when you think about it, um, you have to be efficient with your movement when you are kind of confined in these imaginary walls. Another one that I'm thinking about is like, uh, have you ever done a, a kettlebell, a windmill with a kettlebell? Uh, we are, you're at a, a straddle um, stance and you are basically taking the kettlebell overhead, but then your, your opposite hand's coming down to your, your leg. And the idea is that you want to stay between these two panes of glass in between, um, you know, in, in front of you and behind you. And you don't want to deviate too much there. So I think whenever you can kind of cue your athlete to imagine, have imaginary walls, I think that also kind of helps too. What do you think? Yeah, I, no, I agree. But I would tell you, like, I've used that toes to bar cue of the phone booth on kipping when we talk about the kipping yeah, follow. Sure. Because it's really, you know, like we said, the kip is going to transfer from the toes to bar to the pull-up or from the pull-up to the toes to bar. Um, yeah. But yes, the windmill, I'll give you that one. It's a little unique. So it yeah. might be one that you, you only see there. Uh, oh, here, uh, kettlebell clean. Whenever you're doing a kettlebell clean, imagining like there's a wall in front of you and you don't want to have the kettlebell travel too far out away from the body no uh, different than a med ball clean no different than a exactly. anyway any clean that was one of the pictures i was gonna use actually was uh zip your coat oh zip your coat yeah exactly because yeah, i yeah. love that i don't want to i got a good one i don't want to give it away on the podcast but i got a funny one that we can use for straight bar path <laughs> all right <laughs> i'll write um, it down and knowing you you're a little more pg than i am we may or may I not know. use it is this yeah as long as it doesn't involve uh yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll see. I, I can only imagine what you're coming up with right now. And I can only imagine what our conversation is gonna be about it. Um, but uh, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt on this one. Thank but yeah, you. hey, so going back to like cues that transcend a lot of different movements, try different cues where you're having your athlete imagine walls uh, in front of you or behind you or, or to the side or whatever. And uh, that, that might be a way, an area uh, that you're able to make a connection with your athlete. So give that a try. Awesome, Carl. Well, I love it. As always, this is why we do the podcast. We hope this is why you enjoy it because we can take a look at one cue, talk about many cues, expand on that cue, come up with new ones while we're at it, come up with new drawings and have some fun. So yes. we hope you enjoy Crush the Can. Take a look at it again. It's November 3rd. Zevia, LaCroix, Fit Aid, Killcliffe. If you happen to be listening, th throw our man Carl a case, would you? And, hey, um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, let's, uh, man, we've been, it's first off, let me take a second to like, just say thank you to the, some of the amazing brands within the CrossFit industry uh, that have reached out to us that we're really looking forward to establishing some really cool partnerships. And, and I, and I know that you probably feel the same way about this in the sense that like, these are products that, that we also believe in. It's not just like something that uh, you know, that, oh yeah, well, so-and-so wants to partner and they've got a big following. So it'd be cool if we partner with, no, it's not like that. It's like a lot of brands that I've identified with 
ever since I started CrossFit, uh, we're actually starting to, to establish some relationships and it's pretty cool. So I just want to say thank you indirectly to all of those, those brands right now. Well, uh, speaking for Carl, I see it. most of the emails and <laughs> you get hit up by a ton of people and I'm kind of the in-between for a lot of them. So I have to think to myself, would Carl like this? And then I'll reach out to you and you only are willing to work with companies that you like support yeah. and you know do are doing the right thing so i think it's really cool of you yeah well appreciate it, it goes back to the three s's of start small stay true and stick with it right always stay that true. was one of our first conversations carl before sure we got uh yeah something that resonates actually written on my desktop on a oh, sticky note so i love, I love, love it, it. <laughs> cool all right jason man i appreciate it thank you for taking the time to talk with me man my pleasure as always. You want to take us out? I love hearing your little outro. I will. Of course, I'll take us out. Uh, and then before this, I also want to say thank you so much to supporting Whiteboard Daily any which way you have, whether it is purchasing a poster, a printed poster, or a digital download, or a digital sketch, or even joining our Patreon. Uh, man, it's just been so cool to see the outpouring of support. And uh, just know that it's very much appreciated and that we are doing our best to bring you the, the highest quality coaching content uh, that we can, we, that we can. So thank you very much for that. And uh, again, just want to say thank you again for uh, sitting down, listening to us for downloading this podcast and remember a high tide lifts all boats. So together let's keep on rising those tides. Love it, Carl. Thank you. Cool, man. Good stuff. Thanks again for listening to today's episode of Whiteboard Weekly. On behalf of Carl and myself, Jason Ackerman, we really appreciate the download. We really appreciate you sharing our episodes with friends, families, your box owner, your buddies at the gym, anyone that's willing to listen to us talk about all things CrossFit, all things coaching, and all things coaches development. We do this because we have an absolute love and passion for it. And we hope that you can tell that through our talking and through each episode. If you haven't already, please feel free to leave us a review on any podcast platform. It goes a long way in helping us spread the word. Once again, thanks again for listening.